Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com, heading into the Thanksgiving 2016 weekend. Christina's here with me. Hello. Hope everybody enjoys episode 78 of the Frugal Snobs podcast. Come up here shortly. Hope also everybody enjoyed the mini-sode leading into this week. We've been busy, have we not? Yes. But I thought I would bring a quick drink review of the Poe Telltale Heart IPA. Mm-hmm. And this is from Raven Beers, which I think is a line from Peabody Heights Brewing, right? Yes. Excellent. This is out of Baltimore, Maryland, everybody. I thought I'd bring a quick drink review, resurrect a couple of those. Haven't had those in a while. Thought I'd bring it in as a lead-in for the episode uh, for 78. So a lot of things going on right now. The Redskins are playing the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. Hopefully they will win. And I thought I'd hoist a couple of beers over the vacation period. Christine and I are just hanging out. Are we just hanging out? Yes. All right, we're going to be heading out of town here from Northern Virginia uh, tomorrow morning to enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday, but we will be back and ready for episode 78. Let's go ahead and get to this. I am enjoying my Poe Telltale Heart out of a Sam Adams Perfect Pint. You can pick up this glass, by the way, folks, online. Just look up the Sam Adams Perfect Pint. You'll find them from anywhere between $7.50 U.S. to up to $15, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it's a pricey glass, but it's a pretty cool glass. We picked up a couple of these last year at a brewery spotlight uh, at our local Total Wine and More store. Let's go ahead and take a look at this. Let's see. Christine, would you say this is a nice medium brown color? Yeah, it's a nice, like an amber brown. It's pretty. It's a very uh, earthy beer, right? A little thick. Has a nice uh, citrusy, hoppy smell to it. Not bad. Very low head on this. Great poor job there, Christina. Let's go ahead and take a sip here. Oh, that's really good. Very tart. You can definitely taste 80 IBUs. Thank you, Christina, for that information. Christina had to go look at the IBUs for this. It's not listed on the bottle, folks. Uh, 7.3% ABV. Um, I would definitely enjoy this probably as a standalone beer. If not enjoying as a standalone, I would enjoy with beef. So a nice thick prime rib, maybe a nice thick uh, lean hamburger or cheeseburger with quality toppings on it, folks. None of that ketchup stuff that Christina enjoys. <laughs> so, anyway, folks, not a bad beer. I would probably say this is probably a four out of five-star snob rating. And again, enjoy responsibly. You'll want to drink this pretty cold, everybody. So, um, sorry there, folks. I was just kind of taking a, a nice little uh, sop up on the roof of my mouth from this beer. Um, definitely enjoy 40 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so, you want it definitely cool to cold. You don't want to drink this thing as it gets warm. So, Enjoy responsibly, uh, consume as a standalone, or with food again, beef. It would be my my actual food of choice here. No pub grub here, folks. You don't want to ruin the taste. All right, four out of five star snob rating. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and head into the episode. Say goodbye, Christina. Adios. All right, everybody, hope everybody enjoys episode 78. Be well, never pay retail. We hope everybody enjoys the show. Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the Frugal Snobs podcast, the award-winning on-demand audio experience that has never won an award, but that could all change. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music or check us out on Stitcher or TuneIn Radio. Find out more by visiting frugalsnobs.com. While you're there, be sure to help out the project by taking the Podtrack survey, directly donating via PayPal, or by doing your Amazon shopping through the Frugal Snobs associate link. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter at Frugal Snobs or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Frugal Snobs. And now, on to the episode. Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. have yet another quick drink review for you before we get into episode 78 of the Frugal Snobs podcast. Now I have the Heavy Seas Peg Leg Imperial Stout. 
8% ABV. So please be careful, folks. Now, Christina's here with me. Mm -hmm. And I was actually attempting to probably consume a very nice 7.3% ABV brew this evening. By the way, it is Thanksgiving Eve here in the United States. Today is Wednesday, November 23rd, 2016. However, Christina, you pulled this Imperial Stout for my sampling for our listeners yeah. at 8% ABV. Now, I don't have any IBUs. <laughs> I'm sorry? It's close. Yes, well, I have no IBUs on this. has a nice, um, very again, I like almost a milk stout scent to it, everybody. I'll take a sip here. And by the way, I'm consuming this right out of the bottle, folks, not uh, working with a glass here. Um, definitely has a Guinness-oriented taste, so it's definitely a stout. Um, an Imperial Stout actually allows it to have a bit more bitter but a bit more sweet on the aftertaste. And you'll get that with many Imperial Stouts. So they're a bit stronger than a standard Stout or a Milk Stout. Um, not bad. It's a very nice, rich foretaste, a very sweet aftertaste. Um, in terms of Stouts, I typically enjoy them as standalones. I do not enjoy them with food. Um, Again, it's a very unique flavor, so I would enjoy as a standalone. Probably give this probably a four out of five star snob rating. Um, but at any rate, folks, definitely enjoy it. It is the Heavy Seas Peg Leg Imperial Stout. I would definitely consume this pretty cold, everybody, between 40 and 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, hope everybody enjoys episode 78 of the Fuel Sense Podcast. And uh, stick around, folks. After the podcast, I'll also be bringing another quick drink review. So hope everybody enjoys the episode. Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com, brought Christina with me, and welcome to episode 78 of the Frugal Snobs podcast. Say hello, Christina. Hello. How are you feeling today? Eh, the day before we go back from vacation, how should I be feeling? Well, you have a little bit of a problem with uh, one of your teeth at this point. It's sinus-related, right? <laughs> yeah. So Christina's enjoying some peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. Nice. Today is Sunday, November 27th, 2016. This week we're going to be talking about working smarter. Uh, we've talked about this a bit before on previous episodes of the show, but we wanted to spend some time just talking about how we tend to find ways to work smarter in our professional lives to let us enjoy our personal lives a bit better. But we have a lot of things to talk about. Um, so I hope everybody enjoyed the Thanksgiving 2016 holiday here in the United States. Um, we also have the death of Fidel Castro. So that was very interesting, I should say. Um, I was surprised uh, that eventually Fidel Castro died at the age of, what, 90? Correct. I was surprised. Um, I know he's been in poor health for years, though. So we'll go ahead and move on from Fidel Castro, since he certainly uh, clashes with my political beliefs of, of the values of socialism and communism, which I don't find valuable at all. But let's go ahead and move forward. So we went away this week um, to Pennsylvania yes. to visit uh, family, etc. My family, at least. But we also had a good time, actually enjoyed a Thanksgiving meal, which we were not expecting. Exactly. And um, uh, we actually also made a trip over to the Black Rose Antique Mall in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. I picked up a couple of cool things. Christina, you picked up some really nice stuff for uh, the holiday period for relatives, right? Yes. Three pieces? Yes. One of your pieces, I, I need to take a, look, a closer look at this, but it's a, what, what would you call it, a coin bowl? Yeah. So it's a depression glass coin bowl, and uh, I don't, again, I know your mouth is a little sore, but can you describe the bowl? Um, basically, there's these little coins all around it. One is the American Eagle stretched out with the 1887, mm -hmm. and the other one is a Liberty Torch. Ah, and it's, so basically it's glass-blown coins? Yeah, like in the, the bowl. That's cool. You sure you want to give that away? <laughs> that seems like a really cool piece. I think it'd be a cool piece to keep, but I know that you, you purchased it for the holidays. So, I'll make you an offer on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, I'm sorry, you can't have this, I bought it instead. 
Um, but yeah, depression glass pieces. You also got a bread plate. Yes. Green bread plate. Yes. And what was the uh, sugar? A sugar bowl, right? Yes. Um, I didn't see a top on that sugar bowl. Was there supposed to be a top on it? It looked like there was supposed to be a top. There should have been, but there wasn't. I mean, typically they do come with lids. Mm-hmm. Granted, with it being glass, it gets like, broken. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't have it to sell. Yeah, because I was just thinking, you know, a sugar bowl typically has the small top with a little round hand finger piece that you lift up. Yes. Or a little loop that you can lift up. Um, <clears throat> but you were happy with your pieces. Um, we also picked up uh, several coins. Um, Christina, I think you picked up a... A penny and a half penny from ninth from the ninth early nineteen fifteen to thirty five period. Nineteen thirty six penny, nineteen fifteen mm-hmm. half penny. Yes, I believe, and one other coin that I, is not coming to the top of my head, but these are British a pennies. Nineteen thirty five V nickel. Ah, yes, and the and again the pennies were British pennies, right? Yes. Let's let's. No, sorry, nineteen eighteen V nickel. Yes, thirty five cents. Yes, a nineteen eighteen or is it nineteen oh six? Thought you had nineteen oh six V nickel. Yeah. Nineteen oh six V nickel. See, that's what happens when you take Benadryl. <laughs> so, Sorry. 1906 V nickel, um, 35 cents, right? Yeah. 35 cents for it. Um, but it was pretty cool. Um, it's pretty neat to get another V nickel. So now you have two. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a 1920 Buffalo nickel in a small plastic round carrier, which was not bad. I think I paid what 50 cents for it. And then I also picked up a five Hong Kong dollar coin from 1981. Mm-hmm. This coin's pretty cool, everybody. It it's essentially it felt like three coins in the carrier. We cut the carrier open, and it basically has a dual bevel in it and a middle section. It's, yes. It's an interesting coin. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. We may be selling uh, the Hong Kong coins that we do have together as a set, because um, now I have a Hong Kong uh, 1961 Hong Kong dollar, 1981 Hong Kong $2 coin, and a 1981 Hong Kong $5 coin. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the coins yet, <coughs> but uh, we'll let everybody know moving forward. So I had a few coin finds this week. Nothing spectacular, but but kind of cool. I'm kind of like Jones in for this bowl that you bought. Um, so and they only had one, right? Yes. No. Wish they had more than one. So <clears throat> all right, everybody. We are into the holiday season. Just wanted to remind everybody that uh, every little bit helps. Please get out there and use the Amazon associate link at frugalsnobs.com to do your holiday shopping. And also, again, um, by doing so, you actually help out the production costs of this show as Amazon kicks back a few bucks, a few ducats to help us out. So it definitely helps us during the holiday period get out there and do your shopping. So I hope everybody enjoyed the Thanksgiving holiday. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday? <coughs> Are you right? Yes, and I was going to say, just on a more positive note for my college, Penn State beat Michigan State last night with a slaughter of 45-12 to 12 <sighs> and reaches the Big Ten title game. Well, isn't that nice? <laughs> isn't that nice? I, I have a thing against Penn State. I'm sorry. I just don't like them. I don't. Never did. I think the whole Nittany Lions stuff is garbage. That's where I said it. I said it. If you are a Penn State alum or a fan, I'm sorry if I offended you. But I'm really not. Anyway, so Penn State won. Must also say that the Washington Redskins lost on Thursday to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, unfortunately, we could not enjoy the game just due to commentary from other people in the room mm-hmm. at the time. And I was like, you know... Just let us enjoy the game, okay? You know, you couldn't hear the commentators. I think people kept running their mouths. It was ridiculous. So that, as we say, is that when it comes down to uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. It was a very quiet, quiet week on vacation. Um, got some things done that we want to get done. Still have more things to do. <clears throat> Christina, you all right? Yes. Or do you need to take a take a breather? I'm good. Okay, because you seem a little congested. It's, so. it's loosening up. Ah, so, all right. So 
Let's go ahead and talk about some other items. We added some items to the list, everybody. Yes. Yes, we did. Added a few items to the list, including socialists, communists, uh, inappropriate drivers, impatient, aggressive drivers, etc. So go check out the list at fuelsnobs.com. Uh, Christina, you had some problems with some folks actually in transit uh, on Thursday when we were traveling for Thanksgiving, did you not? Oh, the night. People just, they, they flash their headlights at you to get around you. They beep at you to go faster, even right. though you're, you're already going over the speed limit. Let, let me give some background with the flashing headlights. First off, the left lane is made for you to go faster. Yes. I was already going over the speed limit. Mm-hmm. So whenever you flash your lights, you're telling the driver to hurry up. Well, if the driver's already going over the speed limit, <laughs> mm-hmm. move around them. Don't flash them. That's true. And quite frankly, you were saving people a ticket. True. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I understand that everybody needs to keep up the flow of traffic, etc. But when you get nailed, and, you know, again, apparently, you're already going over the speed limit anyway. Yes. So. Which but, would make me a lead dog, which would make me the one that would be at risk for the ticket. That is true. And you had somebody else in the car with you, so you have somebody else's life in your hands. Exactly. It's ridiculous. And then, then people, like, basically whip around you in traffic without using signals of any kind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. People just, they cannot drive. And listen, I know everybody out there. Seems to think they're the world's best driver. I have news for you. You are not, nor is anybody else. Everyone basically sucks at driving. That's honestly like my, my true opinion is everyone is bad at driving. And everybody thinks that the other, other people are, are a worse driver than they are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, well. It's like, well, they don't know how to drive. I'm like, well, you don't either, honestly. I think most people really don't know how to drive. They just, they, they basically think because they haven't had an accident yet that they're actually able to like drive well. And in reality, most likely you probably aren't and other people have had to avoid you in order, you know, to, to avoid an accident. So, quite frankly, all of you, including you, Christina, you're all bad drivers. <laughs> I can say that. Because you don't drive. Because I don't drive. But I can say that, though. You, you guys are terrible drivers. I can say that as a passenger. You know, my life is in your all's hands. How dare you drive horribly with me in your, in your vehicle? Or anybody <laughs> else? It's ridiculous. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Anyway, you're all bad drivers. I said it. I said it. What are you, dear? What I'm are you? I'm not a bad driver. I am not a bad driver. You are a responsible driver. Yes. So, all right, folks, something else we want to talk about is we may be relocating as the Frugal Snobs. Uh, we're going to stay here in the northern Virginia area in the D.C. metro, but uh, we may be relocating uh, units in terms of housing and the studio. So we'll be giving more details on that as we move forward, but it shouldn't affect the podcasting effort. Um, we may also chronicle the move uh, as part of the journey to get to our new location, but we are looking at possibly relocating in the area and hopefully upgrading. Yes, if so, everything pans out right, we'll definitely get a lot more space. Yes, we will. So if everything pans out well, I mean, again, leasing is as it is here in the northern, in the northern Virginia area, in the D.C. metro. People tend to move every year. We've basically been in the same area for three years, so we're looking at upgrading. So we got settled. Uh, things went well for us career-wise, and so now we're looking to uh, upgrade. Yes. So feel good. And so, save some money in the process. <clears throat> yes, we would save some money in the process. So I have to apologize for our voices this week, everybody. I mean, it, it is getting into the holidays. And, We're in terror travel. Yeah, and quite frankly, hot and cold days. You know, you have some of our days, uh, last week were in the 60s uh, Fahrenheit, and now the, getting into the weekend and into this coming week, we're looking at, you know, lows around 30 degrees Fahrenheit, and then highs in the 40s and 50s Fahrenheit. So it, that's how you get sick. So um, hopefully we're going to stave off any problems and uh, you know, do what we can to stay healthy, etc. So... A lot of things going on, a lot of stuff happening, so um, I also want to make everyone aware before we head into the topic uh, that um, we've talked it over, and we're at episode 78 right now. 
We're probably going to get through episode 80, so over the next couple of weeks records episode 79 and 80 of uh, the podcast, and uh, after that, I think that what we're going to do is probably take a break until after the first of the year. Um, or should I say, we will be returning with a New Year's episode on New Year's Day. Uh, that gives us enough time to get to the holidays, I guess everybody anticipation to get back with the frugal snobs, and it also gives us time to get some things done that we need to get done for the end of the year. Yes. Uh, we are fast approaching. December is coming this coming week. Actually, I should say this week. It is Sunday. So uh, there's a lot going on. We have a lot to do, and we have a lot of plans that we need to to uh, uphold and a lot of goals we need to keep uh, for the year. So in order to do that, we may need to, of course, shelve the podcast for a few weeks uh, to get some things done. So just letting everybody know that you'll probably... we're respecting all faiths by taking a break. Yes, it's the all-faith period. So depending on your faith, you get a three-week window with the frugal snobs or so. So two to three weeks. Plus we have some vacation periods in here, too, that we want to enjoy. So anyway, <coughs> excuse me, folks, we have a lot going on and a lot coming up for the end of the year. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it, it, it slipped my mind. Oh, oh, the quick drink reviews. I hope everybody enjoys the quick drink reviews that we've added back into the show. Um, I was able to at least take advantage of my vacation week with Christina, and we were able to sample some additional brews, and Christina, you also had the Raspberry Linzer Tort Godiva piece. Yes, review coming soon. <laughs> yes. So um, we will be putting out the podcast notes for all of this uh, very soon. So uh, check that out by registering at frugalsnobs.com. Um, a lot of things going on, everybody. Just just a lot of a lot of business to take care of. A lot of business. Yes. A lot of business to take care of. So, all right, let's get into the topic this week. So as we wrap up the year, um, we've talked about this before on the show, but I did want to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, and since we are getting to the end of the year, people are getting into vacation periods, maybe making some New Year's resolutions coming up. Um, about I want to talk about working smarter. So there's a lot of things that you can do to work smarter. Um, and we want to give you just maybe four or five items that you can use to, to work smarter in your professional life. Now, I know that everyone is sedentary at work. And Christine and I have talked about this before, but doing maybe some cubicle or desk exercise yeah. might be a good idea. And there's actually um, a number of videos out there. I think there's even a YouTube channel devoted to cube fitness. Yeah. And you can actually do exercise using the resistance of your cubicle um, to help yourself out. Um, especially in um, the mornings or the mid-afternoon period. Um, and I've taken a look at these videos as well. Uh, CubeFit um, is actually a program, a program that's actually offered by a number of different companies as well. Um, it actually basically allows you to use your cubicle for resistance workouts. So the wall, the cubicle, the desk, etc. So it really helps you out. Um, Christina, uh, I think um, you also do some resistance workouts a bit differently here at home. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the afternoons, but... Uh, one of the things that I've done, and Christina has allowed me to use one of her resistance bands, but I have a resistance band at my desk uh, at my office so that I can at least get some workout in, maybe some, some toning workouts, et cetera, in the mornings before I start my work day. Um, another item that you can, you can do to help you work smarter, um, at least for, for me, is to bring your resources closer to you. Yeah. So, for example, I now have a, a, a separate, uh, another light on my desk as well to, of course, accompany the fluorescent lighting at my desk. It's very annoying. Um, and I'm also a bit spoiled now that I have a Keurig machine at my desk. Yes. <laughs> it works, so now I can have Italian French roast and teas at my desk fresh rather than having to make the, the, the coffees at home and then take them to the office. It's a pain. So it'd be a lot easier, a lot faster to do it that way. The problem is, is that I'm probably going to end up having people sponge off of me but that's why I have my, my little coin bank that I have next to my Keurig. If you drink a cup, that's fine. Drop a couple of quarters or whatever in the cup so I can replenish into the uh, coin bank, I should say, to help replenish. So, um, Christina, how do you – do you use your, your calendar defensively? 
I try to. I do my best to plan ahead, put it in the calendar, block out time just to get things done. So you block out time ahead of time. Oh, yeah. In other words, I'm unavailable for these three hours <clears throat> to do certain things. Um, I'm going to start doing that as well. Um, that is another point, everybody. Use your calendar, your Outlook calendar, uh, or whatever um, mail and calendar app or productivity apps you use. Use your calendar apps. Uh, basically, use them defensively. So basically, you block off time for yourself. No one basically uh, schedules your time for you. And I can tell you, coming from my previous background, where I supported a sales force as a sales engineer, um, that was also something that I always had to make people mindful of, is that I know that certain people depend on me, so they will schedule time for, for whether it be a software call or a demo or, or some sort of meeting, I mean some sort of engagement where I'm required, and they would basically weave in these time frames that basically allowed me to not have any breaks, no lunch breaks or anything else. So it's like, wait, guys, you, you need to give me some time. So. Um, if you need to basically block off a, a block of time from 11 to 1 in the afternoon, uh, morning to the afternoon, uh, or an hour to two hours a day to get things done, or a three-hour block where you don't have meetings or, or calls scheduled, do that. It definitely helps you out. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about is the use of template emails. Um, Christina, you and I use them. Uh, I use them every day. Yep, so basically it's an easy way uh, to help you work smarter by using templates. If you know that you're going to be sending out meeting notes or a weekly report or something of that sort where it's a it's a consistent uniform uh, layout every week and the same information is typically covered, make yourself a template <clears throat> and then you can just instantiate the template. You can add into the template as well not only the body of the email but also the recipients ahead of time, the subject as well. Um, you can also use Outlook tagging and I have to do some research on this. But I think you can use Outlook tagging with uh, parameters in it to, to basically pass in things like the date, day of week. I mean, things that are basically parameters that are built into the template so you don't have to do it yourself by hand. Um, I do this right now. I, I have a date placeholder in some of my templates, and I want to replace this with an actual date uh, parameter that I actually add. So uh, maybe current week or something like that where it just adds the first and last day of the week. I need to figure that out, but I'll, I'll put something out there if I find anything uh, specific for this. Uh, is there something you want to add? Because it looks like you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually taught one of my coworkers to use templates because... I taught you to use templates. Yes, but I passed it on. <laughs> I taught you to use templates. And you can see emails for, like, manually for. You but another cool thing is if you're in a position like I am where I have to send out requests to get certain types of information and you have a form for it, mm -hmm. you can actually save that form into your template. Mm -hmm. So that attachment always pre-populates whenever you write your template. That's true. That's a good point as well. You can actually attach items to your templates as well, not just recipients or subjects. You can attach uh, template uh, items such as documents. You can also attach calendar invites. Yes. So those are also nice too. If you're going to have a, a reoccurring meeting or an ad hoc meeting but the same information is covered in the meeting, just drop in a calendar invite as well as any attachments for the agenda yeah. into that, that template. That definitely helps. Um, for anybody who doesn't know how to do this, go look it up. Uh, if you need to, we'll put a link out there for you on the show notes um, for how to create and use Microsoft Outlook templates, how to use the developer tab, and where to put your templates when uh, when you need to add information. Um, also, if you're using a help desk application like CA Unicenter, uh, BMC Remedy, ServiceNow, etc., many of those help desk tickets or support tickets that you might be filling out or sending into support um, typically can be done by email. So what I've done um, in my own role is um, since we do capture information in trouble tickets, etc., or support tickets for our customers, um, I created a templated uh, incident ticket. So basically I can use email, fill out the ticket in an email, and then submit it in, and that way it will generate the ticket for me, and the, the body of the ticket is uniform. So that way everybody on my team 
has a uniform way of capturing information. Because there's nothing worse than looking at one person's ticket that's heavily detailed and somebody else's that isn't. Yes. So, so it's better to basically just create a template with the form information that you want and drop that into the template and send it in to generate a ticket. Now, something else that you might be able to do, and I haven't, again, don't quote me on this because I'll have to look at how the layouts work, but you might be able to take a form from a Microsoft Word doc or a Word template, copy and paste that into an email body and save as a template, but I don't know if that's possible and how clean that is. But it would be nice to basically take a, you see what I'm saying, Christine, you take a, yes. a, a Word doc form, drop it into an email template. Yes. Right? So that way you have it as an emailable template, right? So um, just just things to consider, things to consider. Um, <coughs> let's see, anything else that I want to talk about in terms of uh, items that are um, working smarter? Oh, another way you can also work smarter that we tend to use is create habits. So schedule out your day based on things that you need to get done, not just using your calendar, but also find ways to build time for yourself to get things done on a routine basis. So every morning between X and Y time, I'm doing X, right? I'm filling out a report, yeah. right? Or I'm reading emails or I'm doing other things or, I'm, or I'm, I'm scheduling calls. Typically, I will actually break up my emails to be read at certain points in the day. Yeah. And here's why. If I stop to read every single email that comes into my inbox, I will never get anything done. That is why I break up time to read emails. And that's actually part of the reason why I have my smartwatch is I'll read the subject on my watch if it seems important, I'll open it. If not, whatever. So, I mean, I tend to, to do that as well. I mean, I also have a smartwatch. But for me, I have the desktop notifications when the emails come in. So for me, I mean, I, again, I tend, to, um, I tend to basically read my emails at certain points in the day. Well, I would say I'm less, Every couple hours, I'm less stationary than you are because I'm half the time on the floor. And Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you're half the time. You're down talking to customers and doing stuff and rubbing it in my face. <laughs> and I most of my time, I'm sitting at my desk repeating myself because I'm a consultant. I can't so. help it. I walk over five miles a day because of the massive hotel I'm at. I'm, I'm, re I'm basically <laughs> repeating myself because I'm a consultant most of my day, along with you know trying to hold in a sigh. It's kind of the, oh, we talked about this before, but let me remind you again. <laughs> so um, another way that you can also work smarter is also to document more of what you do. So create more of the standard operating procedure. Um, as well as create documents based on what you're doing a bit more aggressively. The reason why I say that is because if you work in an environment that's heavily detailed, the better you are at documenting things, the easier it's going to be for you. To find information, to update documents, to create living documents, it's a lot easier. Plus, when somebody asks you for information, you have it. And say, here, take this. Oh! And that way other, you're always covered, too. One other item I want to talk about is the use of OneNote. Christina loves OneNote. Oh, love it, love it, love it, love so it. So we both use OneNote in our, in our, in our professions. Um, we basically, in, in my environment at least, we have a continually running OneNote. So anything new happens with the customer, any new information, any new app servers, or any other components of our solution stack that come online, we document it in the OneNote. Anything we discover, anything, any processes that we learn or that we, we draft as consultants, we add to the OneNote. Basically, it's a, it's a common body of knowledge. It's a knowledge yes. base for us, and that's what we use it for. Um, but it's much easier to also have a, a shared OneNote. Now, I know that you use your, Christina, you use the OneNote um, to create guides. Yes. I think for other people. Yeah. Um, and basically, I am in the process of trying to create a massive OneNote with all the dimensions of every meeting room in the hotel, the maps, where the power outlets are, where the internet ports are, uh, where mm -hmm. the phone line ports are. Mm -hmm. That way, no matter who walks into the property, mm -hmm. they get an email with, here's your OneNote for the property. 
They have everything at their fingertips, where the storage is at, where the... So can you send just sectional yes. links? In other words, you only can see this section? Yes. Because um, that's probably what I would do, and then probably give them a... And then, do you, I'm not sure if you use the password locking feature. Yeah, not yet. You should, it's because... Not, it's still in prototype, so it has not made it to that stage yet. Because what you can do is if you're building a section, and this is just a tip for everybody, if you're building a section in the OneNote, and, and I did this for a gov- our government customer because they didn't want, even though we have the ability to build a lab in their infrastructure, they didn't want all of our documentation of their lab to be public. So even though it's behind, you know, it's on our VPN and in our network, they still wanted a layer of security. So you can build a section of, of a OneNote uh, notebook, and it has to be a section. It cannot be a page. It has to be a section, by the way, at least it, from what I can tell at this point. You basically create the section, so it's not a tab, it's a section within a tab or whatever. And then from there, the main page that you want to seal in the, the section, you simply right-click on it, on the section from the left-hand pane, mm-hmm. and then you basically click Enable Password. You click it, and then it basically creates an interface for you to create the, the generic password. So then the next time you open the OneNote or anytime you surf to that section, the next time you open the, the, the session with the OneNote, you have to then enter a password. So you just press your enter key, enter the password. So what you could do... If you have a customer showing up and you're giving them access to your section of your OneNote or, or, or uh, maybe an, even an internal person and it's specific for them or for a certain customer, give them password protection and then give them the password ahead of time. Say everything, all your stuff is stored here. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yes. So you can use password protection um, as part of uh, a OneNote document. Another item I wanted to discuss as well is the, the proper use of tar and zip files as well. Um, I, what I can't stand is when people send emails that have like a thousand attachments. <laughs> hey, can you go over the difference between the two? Oh, sure. So zip and tar, which by the way, tar stands for tape archive. Yeah. Do you like that? See, use my, my mental abilities and showing my age. <laughs> so, I mean, a, I, some of our reviews may not know this. That's true. A tar file, tar stands for tape archive. Tar is a very common format used in Unix and Linux environments. So yes, you can use zip files in Linux, um, you can also use the, the gzip and gunzip utilities that are built into a Linux operating system. I typically use the tar format because it's more widely accepted. It's also less filtered in terms of getting the document through a secure, through a secure environment. Now, I'm not saying that it violates security, but what it does is it also is less strict in terms of mail policies than using a zip file. So, for example, in a government network, uh, we can only send certain file attachment types because typically if it's a zip file, that zip file is then interrogated by the mail server and any, any server-layered software that's monitoring. Um, it will then strip a zip file if it contains potentially files that are, have a potential harmful extension, like the .sh, which is a shell script file, which could cause damage to a server. Or .exe. Um, .exe is another one. Uh, .xml is another one because it can manipulate certain profiles or files within a system. So in order to transport those items, what we tend to do is do one of two things. We either extend the file extension to include .txt to make them flat text and you change them yourself manually, or what you could do if you don't want to do that is store everything in a tar.gz file um, rather than a zip file. The tar file will then allow you to basically zip or archive those files, compress them similar to a zip format. You can have multiple files without having to have the hassle or the potential stripping aspects of a a zip file being sent. So also, um, with respect to zip and tar files, you can also add a password. Now, one of the easiest ways to add a password to a zip file, because I know that, of course, Microsoft... Uh, within the context of Windows, does have a zip utility. So you can basically select multiple files, right-click, and then click on uh, Add to Compressed Zip Folder. Um, for me, I would use something like WinRAR. 
Uh, WinRAR is pretty good. WinZip also is allowed to, to do this, so get out there and get those apps if you don't have them. WinRAR I would definitely suggest for a number of reasons. I'll get to that in a second. WinRAR um, basically allows you to not only create a file of type RAR, RAR3, or ZIP, right? So, but in addition to adding that ZIP, you can also click an option to add a password. So if you want to send multiple files but in a secure fashion but not encrypt those files, you can simply add them to a secure zip file by adding a password and then letting the recipient of that email or recipients know the password through some other method, whether it be through uh, some sort of messaging like Skype for Business, uh, maybe a text even might work to send them the password for the uh, zip file. But that also helps as well. Um, also, um, just to kind of wrap up the discussion and kind of get through the topic here, um, using apps that have multiple purposes. So, for example, with WinRAR, I can create my zip, my RAR, my RAR3 file, add a password, but in addition to doing that, I can use WinRAR to do other things. I can open zip archives, mm -hmm. I can open tar files, I can open jar files, which are Java archive files as well, which are used uh, for coding packages. I can open ISO files, so if I have an ISO image of a disk, I can open that ISO, interrogate it, and I can also create archives of multiple formats as well and save those and also compress and send. So WinRAR is pretty cool. I kind of like WinRAR for what it allows me to do. I can also edit certain files, like, again, jar files, and edit the contents of a jar file, save that as a new jar file archive, and replace it in a program or an application I'm working with. So there's a lot of pluses to using multi-purpose applications. Also, and I think this should wrap up on the topic unless you have anything else, Christina, but Learn how to use your, your applications to their optimal extent. I think that's probably one of the best ways for you to work smarter. Um, use those applications to, to their extent. Research how you can get things done as well. Don't simply allow an application and your productivity to be based upon what you know right now. Base it on what you think the application can do or how you can extend it. And if you don't know, research it. Exactly. To see if, if it can be done. So, um, <clears throat> pardon me. Is there anything else you wanted to add here? I was going to say, just in general, I know, as you say, people don't use their cell phones to the max capacity. That's a good point, yeah. Even with, I mean, just with what I've done on my Android device, mm -hmm. is I have three, I was scrolling, like, dock. I had three different panes, and having it more... Yeah, is that a slider, or is that a, a launcher? What do you use? I'm using Go Launcher. So, you use a custom launcher to help you. Yes. Right? Um... <laughs> and no, that keeps your phone less cluttered. Actually, I think I need to, to, to borrow you to see if you can help me with Go Launcher on my device as well. Um, the new Go Launcher, at least. Yeah. But you're, you're right. I mean, I, I think using uniform platforms, I mean, I know that Apple is really famous for doing this with the iCloud. Yeah, in their environment. Right. Yes. And you have to have the entire ecosystem. you got to have the smartwatch, the phone, the tablets, and the TV. Right? And the computer. Yes. And you can have the MacBook <laughs> and, or the iMac. But... I mean, you can actually create your own environments. I mean, we do this all the time, especially with Frugal Snobs. I mean, we, like we talked about earlier this year, we swapped infrastructure providers to give people better options and to extend our capabilities. But we, we can do a lot of different things. I mean, if you're a developer or if you want to get into developing, there's tons of ways to help you with that. Um, if you're not a coder, I suggest you get some coding experience under your belt. I don't care if you're an HR person or an analyst or even just an administrative assistant or something like that. I shouldn't say just an administrative assistant. I should say... If you're more of an entry-level employee versus uh, a pure developer, take a coding class because there's a lot of things that programming logic will teach you in the workplace that you can really use. Mm -hmm. It's all about being creative and leading efforts, right? I mean, that's what companies look for. They don't want people who are just drones. So 
I mean, again, if you're a base, if you have basic coding skills, you can learn a lot of different stuff. But just the behaviors of how things work or how applications, productivity apps work, that will help you because then you can think of new ways to extend what you're doing. So that definitely helps you. And you can also think of ways to integrate your applications together. So, for example, the jQuery manager that Christina had looked at a couple years ago that I put together allows you to basically to collect contact information using your phone, right, because it has a mobile interface. It collects the person's name, email address, phone number, their Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter URLs for handles, and also um, allows you to collect their Skype ID. It then integrates, creates a record in a database, and then you can tap on the results from your collection of that record and call them on Skype or their phone. It's pretty cool, right from your phone. So if you met somebody at a conference, for example, I like that person. I'm going to give them a call. But we had a really good conversation. Let's talk about some things that we could do together. Tap, tap, call. See, and you can do all of that all integrated. So if you know how things work or how you can, the points of integration, you can probably think of some really good ideas or some ways to really help uh, develop uh, better ways to get support or to help each other. So a lot of cool things, a lot of cool, cool stuff. So, sorry, I got on a tangent. That's fine. I say just, I just want to circle back to the Android. Mm -hmm. If you have app, uh, application types, like your app, you have, these are my business apps, these are my social apps, Keep them all in the same folder. That's true, because then you can have you clean up your, your home screen. Yeah, keep it tidy, keep it easier to navigate. Yep. And then you can also use the launcher. Doesn't there, is there a slider with Go Launcher? I think there is. Yes, that's what that's what I was referring to with the three dots. Does, does it have your the ellipsis kind of thing? And do you have the like yeah. most re most recently or most frequently used apps? I don't use that feature. Ah, but does it? I think it has the feature. Yeah, though. it does. So, which would be kind of nice too, because then you could have all of your desktop apps in your folders on your home screen. But then when you let's say slide up to get the the slider. You would have your most frequently used apps. Right, so. and I was just trying to, like, I know I have a big, uh, I hate to say this, a multi-page food app for... Oh, I wanted to get to that wrap of the episode here. <laughs> so, Christina, how many items have you had free for your upcoming birthday delivered to you so far? 18. Nice. So, we're going to keep tabs, folks, also, on all of our finds during Christina's birthday week and my own birthday week coming up soon. And Christina's going to be years old this year. <laughs> so, um, but you're still beautiful. Thank you. See, isn't that nice? That was nice of me. Good save, right? Yes. Good save. So, <laughs> If you know what's good for you. That's right. Christina's getting ripped, guys. So, <laughs> as am I. So, we're looking good. So, Christina has 18 items that she will be hopefully partaking in some of, uh, if not all of them, during her birthday week period of two weeks. So, I mean... Again, we're keeping tabs of things for everybody. We hope you find the show entertaining, and we also hope that we help everybody out. I mean, we have, we've had some really good finds um, over the, the, the past few months. I mean, helping people do better, both professionally and personally, helping to put more food on your table, more money in your pocket, and have fun in the process and actually make your lives better. Correction, 19. Forgot the friendly one. What did you get? I didn't count the friendlies ones because I was 18 prior to show. That's right. Friendlies. <laughs> now, those of you out there who, just, who do not know what friendlies is, or those of you in our international audience, by the way, welcome. Friendlies is a chain of almost, like I guess I would say, retro diner kind of yeah. kind of things. So they also had friendlies ice cream for a while, and they still do, I think. Yeah. Um, friendlies is basically what I would call the concept of like a diner or ice cream parlor kind of coffee shop type of concept. Um, they used to have these, these um, restaurants in shopping malls very heavily. They had some standalones as well. Um, but yes, Friendly's is one of those places where they're known for some light menu items, mostly desserts, uh, pies, cake, uh, ice cream dishes that are kind of cool, uh, things like that. So yes, you did get yourself a Friendly's item. 
Free medium uh, Sunday. Nice. You have a free medium Sunday. It's probably a three, four dollar value. And I know everybody out there is going to say, well, it's only three or four dollars. Well, it think about this up. way. If you leverage all of these items. 19 times four, that's almost $80 right there. And that, that's on the low side. Exactly. I'm I think those, those, those 19 items will probably leverage themselves into around $200 plus of free items for you. Yeah, considering I have free meals, free desserts. Yeah, free coffees, free pastries, free, free salad, all kinds of free things. Yes. So, and I know everybody says, well, I don't have that kind of time. Well, that's that's your problem, everybody. Your t- your lack of preparation <laughs> is costing you money. <clears throat> Proper planning prevents potentially poor performance. See, I kept it very PG. <laughs> but yes. Um, or as I like to say, prior proper planning produces predictable performance. Wow, it's a lot of P's. <laughs> but anyway, folks. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, we'll definitely keep tabs on everything that uh, we, we track with uh, Christina's birthday items. But get out there and sign yourselves up, everybody. I mean, it's not going to hurt you. It's free to and, do. Yes, and quite frankly, when you're out, the cool thing about these types of things, everybody, is when you're out and about, just living your life for that two-week period or so during your birthday have period. Have fun. Have fun. And if you're around one of these places, stop. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I have a free chicken sandwich. I have a free order of fries. Oh, I'm I, hungry. Let's go grab it. I have a free shake. You might as well. I'm not saying go out on one day and get everything. What I'm saying is use the convenience to your advantage. Exactly. So, at any rate, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I hope everybody enjoyed the Work Smarter episode. We, again, we've talked about this before, but I wanted to revisit it with Christina also and get her perspective on some things. Again, Christina will be turning <laughs> years old in one week on, what, December 4th? Yes. Well, happy birthday, Christina. We actually have an episode on your birthday. Yes. So, all right, episode 79 is going to be coming to everybody on Christina's birthday, where she will be <laughs> years old. And um, we'll, <laughs> we'll be able to uh, at least wish her a happy birthday and also recap some of your free birthday goodies. Yes. If not, sample them on the show live. True. All right, everybody. Until next time, be well, never pay retail, take care of yourself and each other, and we'll see you next week. Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. Hope everybody enjoyed episode 78 of the Frugal Snobs podcast this Thanksgiving week 2016. Christina's with me. Hello. So I have another quick drink review for everybody. Now what is this, Christina? The Duck Rabbit? Yes. It's the Duck Rabbit American Black Ale, right? Yes, it's the Hoppy Bunny ABA. Hoppy Bunny ABA. Yes. We're not talking about American Bar Association either. This is from Polite Brewing. From where in North Carolina? Somewhere in North Carolina. Where's Farmville. Farmville? And we're not talking about the game. Oh, the Facebook game. We're just talking about this, everybody. You owe me some cows. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to try this American Black Ale out. I'm drinking this out of a bottle, everybody. No glass needed. So first impression, the smell smells almost like a porter, kind of a lager type of smell to it. A little citrusy, but seems a little bit... uh, I don't say on the weak side because this is a 7.3% ABV. Let's go and try this out. It's your first black one, too, because I don't think you've ever had American black. No, I've never had an American black ale. Um, wow. Definitely bitter. Uh, so I'm thinking this is probably going to go on the north of 60 IBU side. Um, it's pretty good, actually. I would say this is probably a good standalone, maybe enjoyed with uh, beef, maybe something spicy. But um, definitely would drink it really cold, everybody. You cannot let this thing get warm. It'll probably give you a headache. Um I typically do that with darker beers. I tend to drink them pretty quickly and very cold, so 40 to 45 degrees most likely. Let's take another sip of this. And in the bottle, it looks mm. black. It's, it's pretty. It's strong. Um, wow. Uh, definitely got the, the IBUs going on. 7.3% ABV, like I said before, so enjoy responsibly. Enjoy it as a standalone. I'd probably give this a 4 to 4.5-star snobberting. It's a pretty good brew. Um, definitely something you could probably enjoy on a quiet night at home. 
Um, maybe watch a movie, something like that, or a really old black and white movie, Fall Asleep, maybe some old Perry Mason episodes. <laughs> so, all right, everybody, that is the American Black Ale. Um, who's it from? Duck Rabbit. Duck Rabbit? Yes. <laughs> Duck Rabbit. That's awesome. From Farmville, North Carolina. Yes. All right, everybody. Uh, stay tuned. I have another drink review for everybody. Now, our next brew is going to be a nine, uh, north of 9% ABV. 9.5. 9.5% ABV. So I'm saving that for last, everybody, this week. So hope everybody enjoyed episode 78, and uh, stay tuned for the next quick drink review. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com, and wrapping up episode 78, we thought we would bring another quick drink review to you, and also a holiday surprise. Christina has a chocolate review from Godiva. Just to show you that we do not advocate reckless drinking on this particular show. So I have the Heavy Seas Double Cannon, double IPA, right? Yes. 9.5% ABV. This thing you must enjoy responsibly because it's like getting hit twice with a regular standard domestic brew. So be careful, folks. I don't have IBUs for this yet, but I'll probably deal with that during the taste. So, Christina... Would you like to start us off with your uh, Godiva chocolate review? Sure. I mean, this is the uh, seasonal Godiva Raspberry Linzer Tort. That's from the Godiva Holiday Collection. Yes, and it comes in a red foil, if you're actually looking at it. They have three different foil pieces, a red, a green, and a gold foil piece. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> so let's go ahead and open this thing up. Now, I'll admit that the foil is actually fairly waxy and it's very so it also keeps from sticking to the chocolate i assume yeah right? and it's but it's like almost an oily wax oh so you gotta be careful yeah it, it's that right there and no offense is a major turn off whenever because the oil actually gets, feels like it's on the chocolate ah not right. no bueno so you have a raspberry linzer tort right yes so Excellent. milk chocolate yep you can't really tell much from the outside of the chocolate but mm -hmm. It just looks like a plain chocolate ball. Okay, well, you take a, take a bite. Take a bite, take a bite, take a bite. Mm. So if you take a bite and looking at the cross-section of the middle of it, do mm -hmm. you get the raspberry? You get it in the chocolate. It's actually a chocolate on chocolate. So chocolate. basically it's a, it's a solid chocolate. There's no, like, gooey filling mm -hmm. or anything like that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What would you give this on a snob rating of five? Four? Three? Maybe three and a half. Because three and a half? I mean, unfortunately, with the way they pair their box, mm -hmm. it's not the best presentation, maybe? Or would you say combination of marketing uh, and product? I'm just the placement of the pieces, because unfortunately, with the Raspberry Lynch Tort being beside the gingerbread truffle, mm -hmm. this thing tastes like gingerbread. Well, see, here's the problem now. Now you're going to have to review the gingerbread at some point. <laughs> okay. True. So, Three and a half star snob rating? Yeah. Because you, you get a hint of raspberry, but it's overpowered by gingerbread, which is right beside it. Well, we're going to go from the savory and sultry side, the, the sinful side of the holiday indulgence, to the everyday Joe side <laughs> of the holidays. And now, again, I have this Heavy Seas Double Cannon, Double IPA, 9.5% ABV, as I said before. Drink this right out of the bottle, folks. I would definitely, just by the smell of this, definitely smells very hoppy, bitter. Um, probably would be drinking this thing 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit, so cold. Yeah. Mmm. Wow. Taking a sip of it, this thing is probably carrying between 70 and 90 IBUs. It is very, very bitter. Wow, it actually takes a little bit of my breath away. Um, not bad, uh, but I would definitely enjoy it uh, either as a standalone, responsibly. Make sure you can take a nap afterwards. Jeez. 
or maybe with uh, salty food, maybe potato chips or peanuts or pretzels. I mean, something that, that you can basically cut the content with and fill your stomach with. You with don't carbs, get, yeah, but nothing too rich. Yeah, you don't want to get thick. Mm -hmm. So, again, I would probably give this maybe a four-star snob rating, most likely. And again, that is the Heavy Seas Double Cannon Double IPA. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up finally for this episode. Hope everybody enjoyed episode 78 of the Fruitless Nuts podcast, and we'll see all of you for episode 79. Be well, never pay retail, take care of yourself and each other.